everyone. Welcome to the Cultivate Podcast with the Grove Church. I am Charlie Lofton, the lead pastor there. We're now in our third session of kind of a three-week series that we're doing, kind of talking about people who deconstruct and kind of, you know, how we can help and encourage them. And if you're someone who's doing that, how can we want to help and encourage you? And we have an, an austere scholar here with us. I mean, I mean, I, are you a published author yet? Are you a published author yet, Mark? I've been promising I was going to write a book for about 20 Almost years. Almost soon to be really, published, really soon close. to be published author and executive pastor at the Grove Church. Mark, what's up, dude? Oh, that's good, man. How are you, you still jet lagged over there? You know, it's uh, it seems like it, it just delayed and then it, it hit me yesterday. So mm. they I'm say a little, I'm a little foggy. One day for every hour of the time zone is what they say. Oh my goodness. Well, I'm going to be doing this for a month. 12 then. days. <laughs> good luck. Good luck. A month? That's 30 times. That's, like, <laughs> That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you went all the way around well, the world. But then plus, I came back. <laughs> there you go. I don't know what that means. All right. Okay. So really glad that you're here. So we spent some time in the first, just kind of even just talking about what deconstruction is, just people who are reimagining their faith, reconsidering their faith, just kind of figuring out what's real, like from their past, they really, what they truly believe. And often kind of the instigating incident from this can be some pain that comes from the church, a you know, a, a social concern, a political concern, um, just asking good questions and just, or just you interact with something, find out something that you grew up believing just wasn't true. And so, um, you know, we've, we spent some time also just kind of talking about how we can do a better job at the church of just helping understand people. And we want to really affirm people when they're struggling, love them well. Um, we need to get out of this kind of we got to fight people who disagree with us, this kind of all or nothing mentality that we have. It's all sorts of things that we can do that really can, you know, and, and our desire to prevent someone from leaving the faith or leaving church or whatever. And in our struggle and our anxiety, we end up, you know, causing more, more problems. And so we spent a lot of time talking about, you know, just kind of the attitude of the person who, is deconstructing the sort of attitude that maybe we need to have to kind of be an empathetic, compassionate person as they are questioning and struggling. And now I just want to spend, just kind of just wrap this up, Mark, just kind of spend some time talking about, you know, if you, if you are able to interact with someone who is deconstructing, who is questioning things, and you're able to, through kindness and through empathy, you're able to maintain relationship with them, right? So now, you still have managed in some way to have influence over them. So now you've got an opportunity. Hey, let, hey, hey, Mark, can, can we go have coffee? Man, I would love to sit and kind of just talk to you about kind of what's going. And you sit down and they're like, and they don't ask a very good specific question. It's like, so Mark, man, so what, what, what do you think, man? Like, so what would you say? Like, what, what, what are, what, like when you're trying to, if you want to help, like I'm going to help them your desire is to help them rebuild. Mm-hmm. Where do you start? I mean, first of all, for me, it's always making sure that they know that this this questioning and this journey is actually something that I've walked through too. Right. In fact, anybody that I know that's really, really solid in their faith has had a season of that, maybe for me, an ongoing season mm-hmm. <laughs> where, I'm, where I'm asking those questions. And so, so really to kind of walk back through my journey of faith and the things that I have questions that I sought out and and found answers to. 
that were my answers, not right. not some something that somebody had given to me, but something that by self-discovery, I, I came to some conclusions. And so to give the freedom to do that, that we can we can walk through it together. I don't I don't feel the need to convince or to sell. I'm not a I'm not a car salesman. So you don't you uh, feel pressure? You feel pressure? It's like, okay, I have this my, this may be my one shot. I've got my one shot with them at this coffee shop. I've got to Got to do You're it. Gotta, shaking your head. We're just not a video podcast. We're just gonna. We're just gonna. I'm gonna add a no sound effect. No, no, no. I, I why? Don't, why don't? Why I don't then? feel any pressure at all. How come? I, again, you know, I think I mentioned this the last podcast, but I, I just believe that God is big enough that the Holy Spirit promises. I believe that God loves even my best friend or family member more than I do. That He's drawing them. I have. If I knew that this question was coming at all, I mean, I've already prayed quite a bit for this mm-hmm. encounter mm-hmm. during it I'm I'm praying because I just recognize that my ability is to to influence is is so so small I mean it really I am I am here as someone who's listening help process but believing that the God that I that, that I believe in is real and if I really do believe that he's real and that he really does all these things he really does love them more than I do he really is powerful enough to draw me in. Mm-hmm. He's powerful enough to draw them in. I can, I can be at rest. Uh, you know, the way Jesus says that uh, his burden is, is light when I yoke up with him. If I'm in this conversation by myself, yeah, I should be stressed out because I can't do it. I can't, especially some of these things about God that are difficult. Even the submission, you know, we haven't mentioned this much, but yeah, when there, there is a line, you know, there's a lot of gray area, but when there is that line and God has said this and we don't like that thing, then there is, it's going to require somebody to yield and, and, and be humble and, and give God the authority to speak into their life. Maybe something they don't like. I'm not going to convince somebody that <laughs> I can't convince myself that, you know, um, it's going to require the spirit of God to do it. So I can rest in that if I believe it. Yeah. And it's kind of, we talked about this a little bit. Last time we talked about the definition of an evangelical Christian. I mean, we talked about that deconstruction is an evangelical primarily idea and that being an evangelical Christian means you're not born into Christianity. Church involvement or membership isn't what makes you a Christian. What makes you a Christian is an individual decision to follow Christ. You have to, get, you have to be saved. You have to be born again. Those are the ideas, concepts that kind of define evangelical Christianity. And so part of that belief is regardless of what you think about predestination, that, that, that salvation is a work that God does. You know, I, he, God saves you. Only God can make the dead alive. Only God can take something old and make it new. That that is something that only God can do. Only God can change a heart. So it should be a evangelical belief that there isn't anything that I can do in a conversation to accomplish the thing that matters most. My desire is for you to change your heart. There's anything I can do about that. That's only something that God can do. And so I'm, I, if I trust the Holy Spirit, if I believe in the Holy Spirit, I say, well, that, that's the role that he's going to do. So then how would you then clarify what is your, you obviously have a role. Mm-hmm. If it's the Holy Spirit's role to change the heart, what is your role? You know, it feels like a lot of the times it's the, it's the counterbalance of a question. You know, somebody begins to, to question things 
again, this is worth saying. I think when, when I've been in that spot, when other people I know have been in this, in that spot where they're questioning something, they say it very strongly, maybe even stronger than they personally believe it at that point, because they're trying to make this statement that's counter to maybe what they were, was passed to them growing up. And so they say it really strongly. And so to be able to, to hear it and to ask the, the question to, right. to the question and to help guide, guide the journey a little bit. Hey, but have you thought about this? You know, this, the second side to the other side of that coin that maybe, maybe you're missing. Or if somebody does begin to, to throw the whole church out or Jesus out with this one thing that happened to them, it's just, you know, it's a good question to say, well, hold up. Did, did, that, did everybody do that to you? Did Jesus do that? Did Jesus say that? Or is it that one, that one instance right. that just, you know, some, some questions that uh, maybe they just haven't thought of. So more of a, a guide or even just a, a fellow journeyer. Right. Uh, That's good. As, as we walk through it together to give space for then the spirit to, to do the teaching and the, to bring the revelation, you know. And one of the things I've really spent a lot of time on, not only just my own journey, but interacting with people here, but just also through some different classes that I've taught over the last few years on theology and these kinds of things. Like, what are, what are the must beliefs? Like, what are the things that like, hey, if I, if I want you to understand who Jesus is and what it means to be a follower of Jesus, these are the things that are essential. And so we kind of start here and we build on that. And I think there was a time in my life where I felt a lot of pressure that really you kind of have to start with the Bible is your authority. And then we start with the, that the Bible is your authority. Like that's what you need to understand first because everything that I'm going to say to you is going to come from the Bible. And you, so you need to believe the Bible, which honestly for like someone who was on, especially an intellectual deconstruction journey, that if you're going to start with that this several thousand year old multi-author religious document is without error and the full word and authority of God, Matt, I think you're going to struggle, right? Because that's, that's, that's pretty far down there because it is, you know, I believe that the Bible is fully authoritative and fully from God. But someone's like, man, you know, I mean, some of the fringes of that stuff, I'm not sure I believe. I'm like, I'm not going to fight. I mean, that's one of the things I'm not going to fight about. When it was probably the number one thing I used to fight about mm-hmm. 30, 30 years ago. I think the place that I would start is that God is real. There's clearly more in this universe than what we can experience with our senses. I mean, it's like just what is observable by science is not all that is true in the universe. And I think there's a sense in which, again, this is part of trusting the Holy Spirit. I think there is a self-evidence to that, especially to a heart that is really seeking truth. Maybe a heart that is locked into a particularly naturalistic, atheistic worldview. It's not going to be intuitive to them, but to, to a genuine seeker that there's more. Like my, my heart yearns to understand more and in a way that science in and of itself can't help. Let's, let's figure out who that is. And based on what we know and what we experience, that God is a good God. He is a creative God. He is a big God. He's a good God and that God loves you. So I think if we can get somebody to that place, mm-hmm. a good God loves you. I think the bridge from there to Jesus is pretty, it's a pretty good one. And, right. hey, and, look at, and look at this guy. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. 
And so, uh, again, just to kind of help, help, help them, it's kind of like, well, this just, you know, depending on how intellectual the person is, I mean, you, can, I, you know, I can, I can use a lot of big words and say a lot of big things and talk about naturalism versus, you know, those kinds of things. And I've got theories on the Big Bang and how that incorporates and evolution, all those kinds. I mean, I, I, I can play that all day, but really, it's for me, those are just smoke screens to the real idea. There is a good God that loves you. And I think the, the quicker I can get it or help, help as you described it, as a journey, right? As, as, as a guide. If, if I'm going to be a guide, I want to move it as quickly from the theoretical and, you know, to, to the personal. There is a God that created the universe is very different than there is a good God that loves you. Mm. That cre- he created everything. Yeah, that you, and you're, 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 you're part of that. He created you. Mm-hmm. He, he is interested in you, you know, and then to just spend some time. Like I've, I've, I've had conversations with people. That's the only thing that we talked about. We just talked about that. And it's just like, and was, and was like, man, let's just kind of ponder that. Or right? just like, what would it mean that there is a God that is big enough to create everything, but also uniquely individual, you know, uniquely interested in you. That's the God I believe in. And, you know, I can feel the pressure to kind of give a intellectual justification for that to try to convince them. But if it's true and the Holy Spirit's real, that's a great nugget to just kind of drop on somebody. Like, just, just, just think about that. Mm-hmm. What are some other things that like are really kind of like at that foundational level for you that you would want someone to understand? I get Throw off all the garbage. Hey, I'm willing to. I'm willing to throw out all the garbage of all the things that you were taught and all the worst things and some of the controversial things, all the social things. But here's here are the things I really would want you to understand. What, what else would you put on that list? Yeah, I think the the big one for me is if if of course your your point. I mean, and once once you've gotten to that place, then how we relate to that God and the separation that we feel from Him, mm. and how we we correct that. I mean, you, you, you're going to have to have an answer to that. Right. And the world over, the resounding answer is, well, we, 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 we're, we're just good. We do good stuff. We do good stuff and, and he likes us again. You know, we try not to do the bad stuff. We try to do the good stuff. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and that just sums up all of the different belief systems and approaches other than this, this Jesus who says, guess what? You, you, you can't, you can't, you can't be good enough. And so... I, I made the way for you to be made right with him. And uh, so that, and which is one of the big hiccups, you know, that Jesus making the exclusive way that only through him can we be made right. Right. But yeah, that's, that's, that's the one that can't, there's no, you know, the, the line that's drawn in the sand, there's no, there's no other way. And so it's exclusive. And whether you, you like the fact that it is or not, doesn't really matter because it's it's the only one that makes sense based on the fact that we can't you right. know, as, as I was talking about Sunday you know we can't we can't flap our arms and and fly somewhere we're going to have to actually get on a plane and uh and Jesus made made the way so yeah so that discussion but but for me again it's a, it's a lot of the question asking of well is it is it really possible and most of us haven't thought about it at that depth 
Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time somebody tried to talk to me about this, I I really didn't realize that I had I had built a theology around my goodness that was mm-hmm. just flawed. And even though I had heard people talk about Jesus, I didn't really understand that my my goodness had its had its limits. Right. <laughs> I couldn't I couldn't attain uh, the righteousness of God by my own stuff. And then Jesus makes sense, which seems to be the thing that's left out a lot of times in these in these discussions. It's it's about some other topic, or it's about you know, as somebody's talked about your own righteousness in this way, and this is not righteous, and this is righteous, and Jesus somehow gets left out of the discussion, which he is the centerpiece of all of this. Even the Bible discussion, the inerrancy of the scriptures. What are the scriptures pointing to? The point isn't that the Bible's you know some special book. The the Bible is resounding who this Jesus is and how this God relates to us through him. Right. So that's the part I want to make sure we're talking about. (laughs) That's good. Yeah, because, I mean, a very natural question to ask if you say, hey, because of what we can see in this universe experience, like there is a, there is a big God out there, but it may, some people may struggle with the idea, how can, but how can he be good? Because look at how broken the world is. So we've either got a big God, no God, right? Or we've got a big God who is not a very good God because he gave us a broken world. Or did we break this world? We broke it, yeah. And the interesting thing is, of all the things that you're interacting with someone who is new to faith or struggling with faith, there used to be a time when it was that was a more difficult sell than it is now. But if I were to, you know, I think it, I think it, um, it span, it's one of the things that I think all political parties and all different factions of people can agree with. What are the biggest problems in the world and where did they come from? We did it. We broke the, we broke the world. Whether you mean that, whether you're thinking about it in terms of uh, morality or in the case of other people, you're thinking about it in terms of climate change and global warming. We have, we have broken the world as a pretty universally understood concept. And so then that leads to the thing that you were also saying there, which is how do we undo the damage? How yeah. do we mitigate the damage? You know, if, if God, if, if really the story is God gave us a good world and we broke it, then there's a, there's something that needs to be fixed. Mm-hmm. And, um, and, you know, then like you said, then we go to works, right? It's, it's works. I gotta, I gotta, I gotta do stuff. But again, I think that's a thing that's easier to sell with people if you can just kind of, if you don't lay it out as a theological concept, but just as a personal one. Have you ever felt good enough? In in any realm? In any context. Like, like, I know I'm good enough. Or even like when you're at your best, is there a sense that you have that I'll never be good enough? And we tie that a lot to self-esteem. We tie that a lot to things that our parents did to us. Sure, whatever. But there is this sense of like where we want, we, we have this desire to earn love, to earn favor, to be good enough. And it's never, it's never worked except for a narcissist. Yeah. And so I, again, I think all these things that we feel, there's obviously a big God. We broke the world. I don't feel like I can be good enough. All of these things that I think that are very innate to us. Hmm. then point us to Jesus. Hmm. And the exclusivity of it isn't necessarily about God is mean and harsh and judgmental, but it's just like, 
I can't do this. And I know it's an oversimplification. I apologize to any people who are really knowledgeable about other world religions, but I think it's maybe not too much of an oversimplification to say that everything else to some degree is trying to provide you with a moral code by which you, through mostly your own effort, can make things right. For sure. I mean, there's and a I, lot of I diversity would, in all these world religions. I don't want to oversimplify them no, so you can put them all in one bucket. List. Everybody's got their list and the list are really similar. And so uh, a lot of my Hindu friends, this is, this is an argument that we, we talk through because the lists are really similar. And for this discussion, also, you know, Bible Belt Christianity to a large degree is also taught this. Yes. And that's we part are of not that's, e- We are not exempt from that's this. That's part of the reason that we've got the issue is because yep. whether it was intended or non-intended, a lot of people have walked away with, uh, here's my list. It's a different list. It's not the the five pillars or the eight noble truths. It's it's our separate list, but it's- Don't drink, it's, smoke, or chew or this, go with girls that do? Exactly. That's our list. And it's, you know, it's pretty much the same. <laughs> <laughs> and so so everybody has problems with it. And the reason everybody's got problems with it is because it doesn't work. Right. It, it just, it doesn't work. I was thinking when you were saying that, like, it is funny how, you know, I grew up, grew up small town and uh, whatever, however big the pond is that you're in, you think you were like, you know, maybe the king of that pond, maybe you're the biggest fish in, in that pond. Right. And then you, they take you and somebody puts you in a different, bigger pond. And each pond you go to, you realize, oh man, this, this thing's bigger. Well, it's like, man, we start to think that we have arrived. And just like you said, we realize that there's another level. And ultimately the level of, of God and his perfection and holiness is just outside of our realm to be able to reach. And once we come to that point, then we realize that these lists, though good and moral and helpful as we interact with people in society and important, they're not powerful enough to make us right with God, you know? Right. And again, it is, it is frustrating that the people that call themselves evangelical Christians don't get this. I need a transformative moment where Jesus comes and does this work in me. My, my spiritual life, my connection to God is based on a redemption moment, not a, not a rule-based following. And I think we, 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 we get the order wrong and we try, to, we try to win people. We try to establish ourselves like, hey, what are we known for? We are known for our morality around abortion and sexuality. And that is, those are expressions of how God wants us to live, but our front facing, our our front facing ideas to the world out there are, should be redemption, redemption, new life, regeneration, reconciliation, forgiveness. These are our front facing values. And we've got our internal values that govern our morality, but we've turned our internal morality into our front-facing issues. And when you make that the thing that you're saying the loudest, then the thing that matters the most, which is the redemption that comes through Jesus Christ, feels like it gets relegated to a secondary issue. Mm-hmm. When really it's just, at least it is front-facing, issue. it's the issue. It is the issue. And to the degree that we want to have front-facing morals that go with it, it should be the one that Jesus had in his front-facing ministry which was kindness and compassion. Love. Yeah. Regardless of where, what, how, regardless of who you are right now 
and what you did to get yourself in the situation you're in, you're met with compassion and kindness and the opportunity for redemption. Then you come in and then, hey, here's, here are some generally agreed upon morals that God is calling us to live by. Mm-hmm. And isn't it, isn't it funny how those things are always trying to take the, the stage right. and push Jesus out of, out of the picture? <laughs> Even like, you know, the last few years and how many people wearing a mask or not wearing a mask at the church service was the, was the big thing. I mean, it's, isn't that crazy that he gets sidelined and now we're having a discussion about this thing we're going to cover our faces with. Because what God cares, <laughs> what Jesus cares about more than anything is my individual liberty. Mm-hmm. I remember looking at someone who was into that. Again, I won't say who. Show me in the Bible where individual liberty is a value. Mm-hmm. Liberty, most certainly, but not in the way that you're not in the way that we use it in a in a conservative American political sense. I mean, common good over individual liberty, compassion over individual liberty. I, I mean, Jesus had a, a a right to a lot of things that Philippians two said he gave up so he could sacrifice himself. Hmm. He had a lot of rights that he did not evoke in front of Pilate. Now you got me. Sorry. No, no, no. I'm sorry. sorry. Don't be sorry. Don't be sorry. It was just the easiest example. But it is. No, it's a great example. (laughs) It is a great, it's a great example of how we've lost, we've lost the narrative. Mm -hmm. We, 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 we've got to get back right. And so, and again, just kind of just tie this back to what we're talking about. I think there is a sense in which when we think about deconstructing and people who are doing that, one of the reasons why we should feel more compassion and empathy and love towards them is because there is a sense in which they're, 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 they're kind of right. And we did do this to them. Right. We did this to them. And I, and, and I think there is a sense in which what we want to do is say, that's not us. We're the good ones. But in, in the body metaphor, that's a little bit, that's not me. That's my foot. Like, right, yeah, I mean, I really can't. I mean, we, we, we did this. And so we need to, we need to own what we did. And we need to, we need to work to make it better. Mm-hmm. And I, and, I, and I think the big picture for us, I think, you know, I think, I think then that, that will allow us to have more empathy and compassion to people who are essentially have been the victims of a, not a very Christ-like version of Christianity. Mm. So we come back, we put Jesus right back at the center, put Jesus's front-facing values, make those the church's front-facing values mm-hmm. and, and lead that way. And, and we mourn the collateral damage and we try to bring and love those people back in. And then we make a commitment to say that we're not going to make the same mistakes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And one thing I would just add, I, uh, we stop pretending like we've never had a doubt. Mm, for sure. <laughs> because I don't know anybody who hasn't doubted. And the folks who say they don't doubt, I don't believe. I think they're doubting whether they doubt it or not. <laughs> because I know, I know I've, I've had a life of, of doubt. That's, that's part of the areas of this that are beyond the realm that are, that are faith and there's in accepting that there that this is this requires faith it it means that there's going to be moments of doubt and so ex- it, accepting that proclaiming it we're we're all to some degree on this journey where we're trying to figure out what's what's true and what's not true and what we really believe even when we can't see it yeah either i don't believe them or their faith is so shallow and simplistic i wouldn't want it anyway right yeah. So I, th- I th- so yeah. So again, 
you're listening to this and you're either in that journey yourself or maybe you're interacting with people who are. And again, just lead with love, lead with compassion, lead with empathy. And and let's just let's just let's just recenter ourselves and our faith in general around the things that matter the most and not and not worry about things that may have seemed important to us in the past that may be getting lost, but but to just to help people really see who Jesus is and this God that loves them. Let's, let's, let's rebuild that. Let's rebuild an authentic individual faith and an authentic collective expression of, of Christianity that, that just begins with the gospel, a loving God, uh, a Jesus that redeems a Holy Spirit that we can trust. And, and, I, and I believe that if there's going to be a, a, a next movement of Christianity in America, it's going to be because we kind of, we looked this in the eye, we saw our failures, we meet the damage that we've done with love and compassion and recenter our faith around the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so as you guys are listening to this, whether you're experiencing it personally or secondhand, I pray that you would just, you could help be a part of that. And um, thank you so much for joining us in this series. And I'm um, so glad that you're here. And always, you can go to thegrovechurch.org slash connect, find out more about our church. You can fill out a form, let us know you've been listening. You can get connected if you're local or not, either by being a part of our church on Sunday Live or streaming with us. Either way, we'd love to know that you found us, you're connecting with us. And thanks again for joining us in the Cultivate Podcast. <laughs>